Hey everybody, and welcome to the Little Oracles podcast, an oracle for the everyday creative. I'm Allison Art. Well, hello, and thanks for joining me here at Little Oracles for some ruminations on the creative life. Here we are in the waxing crescent of season two, where we're considering the theme of play as practice and how exploration and discovery and just having fun within creative pursuits or endeavors is a form of, and yes, I'm going to say it here, praxis. <laughs> and I know that word has gotten a bit memefied over the past few years, which honestly, I adore. Because I truly believe that if we can't laugh at the world in its infinite absurdity and ourselves in our own infinite absurdity, at least sometimes, then, you know, what are we even doing? <laughs> and maybe you know that the word absurd draws its meaning from the Latin absurdus, which means out of tune. So something so strange or fathomless or unrecognizable that it becomes ridiculous, quite laughable. And maybe you've heard the old saw that comedy equals tragedy plus time, which has been attributed in varying iterations and expressions to folks like Mark Twain and Lenny Bruce and Steve Allen and Carol Burnett, all humorists to one degree or another. But in my research into this little gnome, I found a surprising source that in my estimation seems a little bit ridiculous in and of itself, and that's English philosopher Thomas Hobbes, as in the science of morality guy, the social contract theory guy, the ultimate security in an ultimate sovereign guy. The guy, Bill Watterson's famous imaginary tiger, Calvin's adventure-loving accomplice is named after. You know the one. So in 1640, in The Elements of Law, Hobbes wrote that laughter is nothing else but a sudden glory arising from some sudden conception of some eminency in ourselves by comparison with the infirmity of others or with our own formerly. And all that is just a frilly way of saying that we often laugh at tragedy, or as he says, infirmity, that we see in others or in our past selves, but only if we've had enough time or distance from that tragedy to give us what he calls the sudden conception of some eminency, which can be interpreted as hierarchical or, if we're being generous, as having learned from or pushed through or grown past some mistake or bad situation or tragic experience. And, you know, you might be wondering, why are we analyzing Thomas Hobbes's position on social eminency as it relates to comic paroxysm on this creativity podcast? And guess what? So am I. <laughs> I mean, not not exactly. I'm not completely adrift here and, you know, battening hatches against the storm or whatever, but I'm certainly not on a set course. What I am doing is paddling. And, you know, let's just fill this metaphor out to its most brimming meniscus. I'm paddling with oars and with hands, and I'm alternating, and I'm finding rhythms, and I'm scooping and sawing and catching and driving. And 
stopping my ears with wax so I don't hear the sirens and asking my crew to lash me to the mast so I can, in fact, hear their call because whether through Hobbes's sudden glory of laughter at the tragic or the absurd or through this very verbal experiment using water words and illusions to log a creative thought process, I am effectively at play. Now stay with me here. <laughs> so as one definition of play has it, I'm, quote, amusing myself by engaging in imaginative pretense, unquote, which is a definition that achieves its own level of absurdity, I think, but nevertheless really strikes a chord with me. Because for me, creative practice is contingent on play. It's contingent on this coalescence of imagination and amusement such that, you know, if I'm not finding joy in or having fun with some creative pursuit, then my exploratory self and my curious and inventive self kind of stops down. And if my exploratory self stops down, then I'm not having much fun. And I think it's particularly worth noting here that I'm using this multifaceted word contingent to describe this because it really covers what this chicken and egg experience of play and creativity is for me because it implies dependency or conditionality, you know, that state of X precludes Y. And at the same time, it implies chance or possibility or accident, like in the Bob Ross sense, you know what I mean? He's always saying of the painting process, there are no mistakes, only happy accidents. And I think that's really the heart of it this holistic contingency of joy and curiosity on creative expression. Play fuels practice, and practice fuels play. And I do want to recognize here that feeling safe to play and safe to experiment and miss or whiff or make a mess of things, you know, those projects or ideas that don't form up all the way or don't fit a bill or a brief or just don't feel right in that moment, Feeling comfortable to play around and to make mistakes takes practice. It takes support and it takes confidence. It takes self-assurance to keep on trucking after you make something that isn't what you imagined it would be or that maybe somebody else tears down or that's some cursed uncanny valley scenario that you know will haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> I I honestly can't enumerate to you the number of creative outputs that I've wanted to trash in my life, either right away or in hindsight. Uh, for example, the first sweater I ever knitted, which was an absolute cataclysm, and one arm was literally twice as long as the other one, and there was a stitch marker kind of bound into the middle of the back like Frodo Baggins in Shelob's lair, and the neck hole was cast off so tightly that it probably wouldn't even fit over the head of like a human toddler. <laughs> it was just a mess. It was so bad. <laughs> but the point is, you're going to make some stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to have some false starts and you're going to get some nasty comments because some people are asshats <laughs> and all that is going to bum you out. But guess what? Every time you make a stinker and every time you recognize you made a stinker, you're going to get better. And every time you play and you stink it up like the little skunky boy that you are, you're going to find something out. You're going to discover something. You're going to unearth this itty bitty stinky treasure and you're going to put that smelly little guy in your treasure box, and you're going to make something else, maybe something a little less odoriferous next time around. 
And maybe, like me, you'll experience that Hobbesian moment of eminency over your former self. (laughs) Comedy equals tragedy plus time. So back to play. For me, it takes so many forms, some of which I'm exhibiting for you right here. It can be, you know, learning something new, like the origins of that axiom about comedy and tragedy, and applying that to something I'm writing or making. It can be a word-based experiment, just some stream of consciousness, guided metaphor, extrapolation based on something I've read, or something I've seen in a photograph, on Instagram maybe, or in a TV show. Basically just taking a word or a concept or an image and creating this tiny lexical universe around it. (laughs) I also find a lot of room to play and invent and try things out in other ways that aren't directly tied to my writing work, but they can definitely inform it. I'm thinking of things like cooking an unfamiliar dish or altering a familiar one and finding a new favorite flavor combination or preparation or, you know, walking a new route to the grocery store or the library or whatever and seeing some new architecture or a tree in bloom. Or engaging what we call in our house record roulette, wherein the rouletteur selects a record at random and we listen. It's kind of like a physical playlist shuffle and something that generates some really fascinating juxtapositions or exposes synergies between artists that we might never have found. So basically, I rely on play to reveal things and to shake up monotony and to help me draw connections. And I think that's one of the best ways to use play in a creative practice. Honestly, this entire episode is play manifest. It's play in practice. And that intersection of imagination and amusement, it's a sudden glory. It's a vessel that I carry and that, in a way, carries me on the seas of creativity. But let's get back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Nope, I won't quote this dope rhyme anymore, but I hope you can scope. You can feel for the rope that I'm throwing across to your boat for the toe so you float. So you don't undercoat the way that a moment of play can break up the rote and result in a whole different show and connote a new set of the mind or provoke a reset of the yoke that's been holding your stroke, that's been stemming your stoke, because you know that old joke. It's right and it's broke. I can't help but invoke that old trope. It's the goat. It's just YOLO. (laughs) You only live once. (laughs) Thanks, Domino. (laughs) You only live once. Explore an experiment, laugh at yourself, stink it up, perform spoken word on your creativity podcast. (laughs) Imagine and be curious and amuse yourself, honestly. Follow the fun stuff, uncover the ties and the threads and those connections, and just play. And that's it for this episode. Thanks for jumping into this widening gyre of play and praxis and creative boats and M&M offshoots. And, you know, I'm so glad that you're here as we open season two of the Little Oracles podcast. Don't forget to check out the blog at littleoracles.com and follow at littleoracles on Instagram for more big book energy and creativity content, including our ABC picks for June. Our book club reading theme this month is fallout, transgression, defiance, and the social abattoir. So, you know, very, very playful, as you can see. But, you know, honestly, 
there's something to be said about the kind of mortise and tenon relationship of horror and laughter, but I think that might be another episode. <laughs> but anyhow, thank you so much for being here. I am so looking forward to sharing this season with all of you. If you like what we're doing here on the pond, share this episode or another episode with someone. Rate us wherever you listen or leave a review to help the podcast grow and to put a smile on this little podcaster's face. And as always, take care, keep creating, and stay divine.